Now we all pray. Our talks. Father's Day special. Neighborhood Culture Cultivator Ramis here with my esteemed brother, Teddy. Yeah. What up? What up? Yes. Yeah. What's up? I'm Teddy. Yes, that's me. Yeah, we excited, man. <laughs> that's me. me. I'm excited. Teddy. I'm Teddy. Yeah, we're very excited. Episode 10. Happy Episode 10. early Father's Day, Teddy. Yes. Happy early Father's Day to you, too. When this airs, it'll be the Wednesday or Thursday before Father's Day. Yeah. Father's Day isn't celebrated as much as mother's day but that's that's a we can understand why yeah. but i mean darn it let's let's talk about, let's talk about you know what we actually became well we became i was gonna say we became fathers around the same time but the truth is you already had a leg up on me because you were yeah. already you were already yeah because you know, of bella 
raising Bella. Yeah, because so. of Bella. But yeah, but we have been going on this dad journey. Kind of similar, uh, very similarly. Together, yeah, we've been going on this dad journey. And um, it's been a long time coming for us to do an episode. Everybody yeah. always keeps asking us when you yeah, guys Yeah, we had a few, a few people asking us. A shout out to, to Kid, one of our listeners. He actually called me. He was like, hey, are you guys planning on doing a... A father's episode, and I'm like, hey, we're actually doing it, you know, this today. week. This yeah, week. this week. So yeah, my my family has been asking me for a while. A lot of my friends that are that are fathers and parents yeah. as well, they've been asking. They want to hear our perspective on parenting and fatherhood. Yes. Uh, but we before we get into it today, Teddy, what do you what do you what's a memory of your dad that you have? Man, I have so many. I was thinking. I know you had one. I think you you were you were gonna share one with me. I was gonna say, do you mind going first? No, not at all. Not at all. Because I have so many. I just wanna I wanna hear yours so I can kind of see where we're going. Because I don't <laughs> want to share a bad memory. <laughs> well, this one isn't isn't quite a memory, but um, it's it shines light into my relationship with my father. Okay. Um, so it's a, a a like a short form poem that I wrote. And uh, I was doing some, you know, some some spiritual growth mm-hmm. stuff, some introspective stuff, writing. And this was like one of the prompts. And it was about, you know, your your father. You okay. know, right. It, they they literally asked you write write a poem about your father. And uh, what came out was I remember the life of the party. I remember how they all laughed. I remember when you danced with her. Everyone always said, I'm so lucky. Everyone always says you had everything that you could have ever wanted. Everyone always boasted about my amazing father. But I don't know him. I said, I love you, but I don't know you. I wonder if I love you because I'm supposed to. Can I truly love you if I don't know you? Mm. And, you know, my father was uh, in and out. A lot. Yeah. So that's that's kind of some of the deep thought when I think about my father, that that was a prevalent. Mind you, this was written now, I guess, like five or six years ago. Oh, wow. So since then, you know, my father and I have gotten to know each other more. Okay. But, you know, but we'll share a little bit more oh, about okay. our relationships with our father as, as we go in. Cool. Well, I think memories, I have so many, so many memories, but I think like. One of my favorite things about my dad, um, one thing I can always say about him is that he was always willing to be the hardest worker in the room. Mm-hmm. He always walked around with not just a chip on his shoulder, but like a whole bag of Tostitos. You yeah. get what I mean? Like he always felt like he had to prove something to somebody. But um, I think one of my most vivid memories, one of my favorite memories with my dad was when I was younger, I used to do a lot of, you know, like I've been doing like music and entertainment since I was like four. You know, like imitating different artists, you know, Ricky Martin, Victor Manuel, Cheyenne, like whatever, all that stuff. But my dad would sit down and and back then it was VHS. So we would record Mm. the music videos and watch the music videos over and over again, over and over again. Watch the music videos, learn the hand gestures. My dad used to make me, he was teaching me what some of these adult songs meant. When I was like Early. four or five, yeah. But he was like, no, you got to understand the feeling. And he would make me listen to songs with my eyes closed till I felt them in yeah, my yeah. soul. And I wasn't even going to sing for real. I was just going to lip sing. But he wanted, to be, he wanted me to be all in. And I remember he used to keep me up to like 11 o'clock at night, 11.30 p.m. when we wanted to do talent shows. But he was like, until you, until you get this right, we're not going to stop. And 
I loved it. Like my parent, like my mom and my grandparents were like, "Oh, you should, you know, oh my god, you nah, man." I loved it. Like I cried a little bit just because I couldn't get it right out of frustration, yeah. but I loved it. And like to the point that my dad even like, my dad found out that Victor Manuel, which I used to imitate him a lot when I was little, yeah. Victor Manuel, um, actually was you know in Puerto Rico they do different. So every every city in Puerto Rico has their anniversary. It's called La Fiesta Patronal, and then we have different artists come and perform. So Victor Manuel was going to perform. He was going to be the very first set at 7 p.m. Can you believe my dad, as soon as I got out of school, like at 4.30, we hopped in a car. We drove to the city. My dad got there by 5 o'clock. We caught Victor Manuel on sound check. And nice. my dad was like, yo, my son imitates you very good, and he can freestyle. Like, we used to improvise nice. in Spanish. He's like, you have to let him, on, you have to let him go on stage with you. That's what's up. And I went on stage with Victor Manuel and I sang and I freestyled with him and salsa. I improvised with him. And I was like, man, and had it not been for my dad's dedication, I probably would have never experienced that moment. So I think that's my one of my greatest memories. Like we drove mm -hmm. from Tuabaja to Dorado, which is not a really far drive. It's like driving from like Homestead to Kendall. But still, like yeah. we went on a limb. <laughs> yeah. We could have been had security pushes off or not made you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But he was just like, nah, we're gonna go. He told me it was gonna happen and I believed him. So hey. That's what's up. He showed he showed you you could make things happen as long as you believe in it. Yeah. As long as you put your mind to it. I remember my dad actually you telling that story reminded me. Um one really fond memory I have of my father is uh, he had an NSX when they came out, the Honda NSX. This yes. was back in the nineties and that was okay. like the supercar. That yeah. was the the beginning of supercars was like Back then, the Honda NSX is, is one of those. Like, that's a holy grail. Super dope, red, black top. And I remember him taking me out one night uh, to South Beach going cruising mm -hmm. in it. And I remember we stopped in front of one of the hotels, and there was uh, this guy named Alex Fox playing, like, the acoustic guitar. So my dad took me with him and let me, like, kind of, it felt cool because it was like, oh, night, the guy's night out. Yeah. Out on the town, a super dope sports car cool. and, and stuff like that. And I remember once he took me to um, a F1 racing thing and got me like this big cuadro. So oh, there's nice. a, a, a lot of fond memories there. And um, I think what we want to do today is really talk about the importance of fatherhood, mm -hmm. leadership, and legacy. Yes. And uh, since it's Father's Day and, and we don't really highlighted as much i want to take the time to really kind of talk about that and i just want to say too this is not just for people who are only fathers this is for father figures mentors and anybody who has a positive impact on a child's life stick around episode 10 odd talks teddy wow, Wow. Who's wow. your daddy? <laughs> <laughs> Who's your daddy? That's awesome. <laughs> you could be doing anything with this hour, but you're listening to us. Yeah. We appreciate you.
yeah, episode 10. Teddy, how you feeling? Man, I'm feeling great. I feel amazing. Yeah, I'm feeling amazing, too. I'm excited, man. Father's Day is coming up. You know, I'm, I'm not one, a big one for holidays and things like that. Yeah. Um, I think we should celebrate each other all the time. Amen. But I figure because holidays exist to shine brighter lights onto things and to remind people kind of of how they should yeah. celebrate people and celebrate things and i think it's important for us to to celebrate fatherhood i mean for me it's been a huge blessing becoming a father definitely um but where where i kind of want to start is telling a little bit of backstory about our relationships with our fathers oh right and how our relationship with our father has affected us like teddy said earlier this is not just for fathers this is for all kinds of leaders all kinds of people with uh, legacy mindsets, yeah, right? Man. What we want to talk about is is coaches, how yeah, coaches, yeah. teachers, yeah. counselors, you know, yeah. pastors, mentors. Yeah. How how know? much we can actually impact the person's life? So the yeah. impact that our fathers had on our life and things of that nature. Teddy, do you want to kind of share what your relationship with your father was like first, man. and then? Yeah, yeah. My relationship with my father, if I'm being 100 percent honest, it was amazing. Like growing up. It was amazing. Now that I'm older, obviously, I realize different things, you know, that we were we were living in different, like, I guess, generational curses or, like, toxic yeah. toxic traits that we didn't know. But I really tried to think about it not from my perspective now as an adult. I really try to just go back and be that little kid. And, man, my dad used to do, like, everything he could. Like, it was weird because he used to work really, really hard. He would have, like two, three jobs sometimes, even though it was just like bartending and, and serving, you know, like as a waiter and stuff like that. He was very intentional about our time together. And the cool thing was that I was the only child for seven years. So he would do this thing like every, I think it was every Tuesday or every Wednesday, he would pick me up from school. He would sign me out early and we would go to the movie theater to catch a matinee. That's and what's up. yeah. And after that, he would take me to like either Burger King or Wendy's or whatever We'll eat, and then, you know, he we'll come back home, we'll hang out, and he'll go out to work and do whatever. But he made sure that, like, every week he did that. I always saw how intentional he, he meant to be with me. And, and like I told you, like, he took me to, to different places. Like, he really wanted me to, like, meet different artists and, and to go on different shows. Like, that was a lot of it was really, like, him just asking people, you know. He used to work in a, in a restaurant in Puerto Rico in a place called Condado which is basically like our South Beach. So like mm-hmm. right on Ocean Drive kind of thing. <clears throat> he would he would ask different people. He would see people from different channels and he's like, "Hey man, like you know my son is very talented. Do you guys have like a talent a talent portion on your shows? Like I would like to have my son on your shows." Yeah. And like he would really like, you know, push that out there. So I thought that was really cool because I really stuck with that. Like he he would take me to baseball games and stuff like that and I always play sports. But my favorite thing to do was perform so much so that he moved to Florida before we did. So he moved like in 98 before we moved over here so he can establish himself. And while he was gone, I still I I ended up doing two more talent shows on my own. I got third place and second place on my own with my dad's guidance. I would get first and second place all the time. So he instilled that in me so much that I think you can even see sometimes when I approach music, when I'm writing a song, when I'm in the studio, when we're going to a performance. It's like it's been instilled in me, but 
ask my dad how many talent shows, how many songs he's written. He's never done none of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's never. I, I, I don't. I don't even think I've met. So he didn't even have to be that kind of person to support you and to. Yeah, I think he just really saw. Positively. He saw like, yo, this is gonna work for this kid. Like, yeah, yeah, go for it. You know, and and he really just he poured all his energy in me. Like whenever he had the time, he poured all his energy in me. He was always awesome. like fun. He would take me everywhere. Like he used to work at hotels. So this is gonna be weird because I'm already grown. So whatever child services can't do anything to me. <laughs> <laughs> but my dad was, used to take me when I was younger, like maybe like seven years old, eight, and he would take me to a hotel. He used to work in a hotel. He would book a suite in the hotel. He would book the suite like for real because he used to work there. His bought everybody like he would book the suite all the way on the top floor, and he would go work like banquets, parties downstairs, and then the the room service you know i had the room service uh phone mm -hmm. i had a little gaming system movies my dad's like whatever you want you order it you got it he used to send the different you know staff from the hotel to come check on me like every he hour hey how you doing you good but i used to chill he used to work at a little beach bar so he was like hey man you go play on that pool don't even come over here don't even call me dad don't be like hey dad can i have he's like just come over here and be like you know just ask for a drink whatever you want so like hey give me give me a shirley temple man <laughs> and he was like hey, hey you're getting a little too you're getting too a little too out of hand now Relax. yeah yeah you're getting a little too excited but he used to yeah he used to take me everywhere so i thought it was cool you know like he really he was really intentional about being a dad so much so that i i wanted to be that way so he wanted to be a little bit different from his dad because growing up his dad was more of a hard worker and not much of a nurturer mm -hmm. but i just wanted to be like similar to my dad yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, like yeah. i feel like he really i don't know if he realized it but he really instilled like great ways in me so i yeah. I, I still i still to this day do a lot of things that he used to do yeah you know to, to my kids so that's what's up that's what's up yeah for me my pops wasn't around a lot when i was growing up um, and he eventually ended up going to prison when I was in seventh grade, if I'm not mistaken. But even before that, he was always traveling a lot. He wasn't, he was around for like birthdays, you know, he was around for my sister's 16. Like, so in the poem you hear when he says, yeah. I remember you dancing with her. I remember you being the life of the party. Oh, that's I remember what that's about. what I was talking about was, wow. you know, those times, those are the times that I remember with my father is really when when there was a party, when there was a big family get together, uh, sometimes he would take me out. He always bought me anything I ever wanted, right? So I always had the newest PlayStation. I always had go karts, bikes. You know, it was it was great. He provided a great life for us, and and my sisters knew him a little bit better because they were older, and and he spent more time with them. But for me personally, I don't remember my childhood necessarily with him. And then when he went to jail. I was in seventh grade, so I basically became a man without yeah, him. Yeah, without him. Right? Yeah. And and he didn't end up getting out of prison until I had graduated college already. I was back here in Miami. So I, I basically became a man well, yeah. without him, you know? So it really, it, it changed the dynamic of how I could have a relationship with him and made it more like, okay, I, I know I love him because I love the kind of man he, like, I love the idea of him and I love the memories that I do have with him. I love his spirit. My dad is an amazingly joyful person, positive person. He he loves scriptures, the scripture, the Bible, yeah. you know, very faithful person. So the things that he did give to me was like, you know, we went to Christian missionary school in the Dominican Republic because my mom found it and my dad, you know, was like find the best school 
and paid for the best school. Yeah, and then, same, same here. My dad was the same way, yeah. Yeah, so, he, you know, he, he had the, the best intentions, but he wasn't necessarily there a, as much as I would have liked him to be. Yeah. So, for me, it's kind of like the opposite of you. you. You mentioned you wanted to be like your father. Yeah. For me, I was like, no, I, I don't want to be like that. Like, I want to be around for my child. Like, I want to I change the diapers. I want to... Yeah, be there. It, take him to the doctors. Take him to the dentist. That's right. That was, um, you know, that was one of my dreams when I was little. People mm-hmm. would ask, like, "Oh, what do you want to be when you grow up?" And people would say, "Like, oh, a firefighter or whatever." I was like, "I want to be a dad. I want to be a husband." I literally used to say that, like, "I want to have kids. I want to be." You know, that's crazy. When they used to ask me what my biggest fear was, yeah. what I would say is dying without knowing the love of my own family. Like dying before like, I get to come having, home. Like, your own family. Yeah, but, but then my yeah. son run up to me and say, "Daddy, daddy." Yeah, you know, without having that, I was that. That was really my biggest fear. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. that's a big fear, actually. Really. Yeah, I, I didn't want that, and so wow. now, you know, thankfully, I have a teenage uh, stepdaughter, which is my daughter. Um, yeah. My my son Ian, who's turning four now in September, and Annie, who's a year old. So I'm. Three times over, I've come home and had the kids run up to me saying, Daddy, 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 the the best feeling in the world. So, yeah, that's cool. So, I don't mean this in a bad So, you could die happy, basically. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I could, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, it's a whole, now it's a whole nother story, which which that's what we're going to get into in terms of legacy and, yeah. and, and what I want to be around for. But, Teddy, how many kids you got? I have two kids. I have my oldest, Brianna. She is five. And uh, my son, D'Angelo, he is two. He'll be three in like a couple of weeks. That's an awesome experience for me too. I know I shared it in. So we in, both have the boys and the boy. Yeah, and we the have girl. a boy and a girl. Yeah. I, I shared this in in a an episode. I believe it was like episode eight. Maybe I shared this eight or nine. I don't remember. I did have you know growing up. I did playing baseball and stuff. I had injuries, and I was told that I wasn't gonna be able to have kids. I only had a nineteen. Oh wow! I had a nineteen percent chance to have kids. So, you know, I prayed to God and, and I really asked for like a miracle to happen. I had my daughter and then, you know, after I had my daughter, I had my son. So to me, it was like a huge blessing to know that, you know, because I was really considering at this point, like at that point in my life, we were considering like adopting, fostering because I wanted to be a dad like that bad. But it's been it's been amazing for me, um, at least to just know that it's true what you say, just coming home and, and seeing the kids, like, you know, be excited to see you. Or sometimes, like, I, it's weird, but I kind of like, like, when I leave and they start crying, like, they don't want me to leave. Yeah, 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 I that, that love. Yeah, I feel good. I'm like, yeah. yeah it, it, they too. miss your boy. They yeah. miss your boy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this sense of accomplishment, this sense of, of acceptance, <laughs> like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like you, you, someone misses you. Someone loves you enough to not want you to leave. Yeah. No, and I was also um, going to ask you in in this sense, right? So, and and only, of course, if you mind sharing, but has there been any differences between, you know, since you are Bella's stepdad, how has that affected you in parenting? You know, how has that, like, either helped you or, I don't know, like, how... Because uh, it's, I think it's like it's, it's a, a totally different dynamic. Different dynamic. Yeah. yeah. So totally how do, how do you handle? I, I guess how do you deal with it? How do you handle it? Okay. So first, I I think we should talk about what what do we think fatherhood is? What does it oh, mean yeah, to be a it. father? You know, because it 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 leads right into that. Right. Okay. So for me, a father is someone who cares for their children. 
right? Okay. It's not just, you're not just a father because you had children, right? You're a father because you're involved in the life of another person. Okay. You're a father because you're concerned with that person's life, with that person's future, with that person's well-being. It's not so much about genetically being the parent, but it's more so about do I have the best interest in mind mm-hmm. of this this person? Because we're fathers not only to our own children, but we work with a lot of young people. Yes, yes. And we're examples to them. Being yeah. a father is being an example. Being a father is being a leader. Yeah. Being a father is, is being a protector, a provider. Yeah, I mean, so many times at, at work, I remember, you know, some in previous years that, like that was mainly like the call, like, "Hey, listen, Teddy, man, we I want us, we're gonna send you over to work with some youth, and, and and the main treatment that they have recommended for them, you know, is to have a positive male figure in their life." Yeah, you know, so it's like really stepping in there and like, "Yo," yeah. I mean, up? for me, not not having my dad around uh, plagued me because I was constantly looking for male role models. Yeah, I was constantly looking for also seeking male approval. Right. So yeah. so sometimes from the wrong type of men. Right. Being exposed to like, OK, so what is it like to really be a man if nobody shows you like, great. I had an amazing mom. My mom was mom and dad, yeah. you know, for the times that my dad wasn't around that my mom really busted her butt. But I forget who said this, you know, a, a woman can't raise a man. Right. Mm. A, a woman can't teach a man. Like to, to be, be a man, man. Yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like that's just something that is passed down from man to man to man. You think about back in the day, you know, it was a beautiful thing. A blacksmith, right, mm-hmm. taught his son how to be a blacksmith. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? There were rites of passage that really that the men of the family passed down to the younger men that were coming up, right? Yeah. And I think that gets lost in translation when we don't have these male figures when we don't have our fathers there we're constantly looking for a father figure yeah. constantly looking for example that's what happens with gangs you know a that's lot of people I, that's what i was gonna get to yeah you know gangs and music you know gangs music and then if you're not careful then yeah it could definitely lead to to you because you're looking for that approval so much that you sometimes don't even realize that the place that you're going to for approval is not necessarily the best place so a lot of the youth that we work with don't have father figures or don't have positive male figures in their life so it's always this part of the lesson when we're talking to them that sticks out the most because they start realizing how important a father is so that's where we really start dropping all these different facts you know and that's when they start realizing how important having a father is in their life like um another thing that we usually tell them too uh, a lot of girls, if they grow up in fatherless homes, they're actually seven times more likely to become pregnant as teenagers. There's kids that even with uh, if they don't have positive father figures, they can be twice as likely to suffer obesity and that can lead to a lot of health issues. So we really don't realize how important it is to have a male positive figure in our lives. If you don't have a role model, someone to model what a relationship looks like right so nowadays you know you have single moms and you know there are single dads as well yes um and that's that's a whole nother conversation Mm -hmm. you know single parenting is a completely different conversation gratefully we're both 
uh, with the mother of our children. So yes. our perspective is going to be from that and and what we got from our parents as well. But you asked about Bella. Yes. With Bella, it's a totally different dynamic because Bella, her dad is, is still in the picture. Her dad yeah. is, you know, he doesn't live here. And, you know, he they communicate. So he's still he's still in the picture. Uh, but I've been in her life since she was five years old. Wow. You know, with the exception of like two years there in the middle. For the most part, she's 13 now, about to be 14. I've been in her life. I've been at all the doctor's appointments, all of everything. Yeah. And I've, you know, provided for her, whether it's home, whether it's singing lessons, whatever, whatever I can do, I will do because she's my daughter. And ultimately, yeah. I want her to be the best version of herself. Yeah. But um, when it comes to correcting her or, or understanding her in, in different ways, it's different because it is different genetics. And she's not my blood daughter, right? She's, yeah. you know, she has a father. She has a dad, right? So something that Michelle always tells me and my mom tells me all the time as well, you need to be more of a friend to her than, than try to be the authoritative father, right? Mm. So rather than correcting her, be a, a listening ear for her, you know, rather than, rather than being hard on her how you would, let's say, on your own daughter, yeah. you know, you, you have to take the route of, you know, supporting Michelle, her mom, you know what I'm saying? Like getting going, going through Michelle to, so because at the end of the day, she's going to resent me a little bit because her father, she would want who, who, what child wouldn't want her mother and father to be together, you know? Mm -hmm. So taking all of those things into account is, is it's an obstacle. It's, it's something that has to be considered, has to be thought of. You have to tread, tread lightly, right? Because you can't force your influence on someone. Right. As a mm-hmm. as a father, you're called to be a leader by example. Yeah. As a father, you're called to to model the behavior that they that you expect from your children. Right. To admonish them on the mistakes that you've made, but show them that there's a different way. You know, it's mm-hmm. back in the day is like the uh, do as I say, not as I do. Oh, yeah, man. I grew up listening to that. Yeah. So and that's much, right? that's tough. Like, that's not really <laughs> how it should be. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's challenging at times to to parent her knowing that she has a her father there. Do you guys do do you and her father like ever talk handing conversations? No. The, okay. No. But you obviously you don't you don't try to overstep those boundaries. No, no, not at that. all. Not so at you all. just go to Michelle and then let Michelle go. Yeah, I just him. I just talk with Michelle and, and like that. So we we spoke about how you how your father's relationship with you mm-hmm. and and what that looked like how do you feel like that influenced your your parenting it influenced me in, in the sense that i saw how important it is to really spend time with your with your kids because i had um you know i had my my cousins and stuff like that and some of them didn't have their dads around or some of them their dads were work so much or they didn't have like an involved father so I found it like a lot of kids wanted to hang out with me. You know, they wanted to come to my yeah. house. They thought that I had like the cool family. So I kind of wanted to to also be that way. But as I grew older, one thing that I really did appreciate about, you know how like a lot of times in, in Latino families growing up, there's always a lot of taboo things that you yeah. don't really talk about. My dad and my mom were not necessarily like that. Like they wouldn't necessarily like hide some things from me and... and you know, so like I always kind of grew up knowing, you know, that 
I used to know my dad smoked cigarettes. You know what I'm saying? Like some some parents are hiding. My dad would just be like, "Hey man, I'm smoking cigarettes. This is really bad for your health. Yeah. Uh, so don't do it." And I'm like, "So why are you doing them? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but then growing older, like seeing how stress affects people, like I I understood. So I kind of knew where he was coming from. So as I grew up, I understood the position that my parents were in, and why maybe it caused them to to take some of the that make some of the decisions that they made when I was growing up. So I learned to be compassionate with myself because I understand now what they were going through. So the way that it influenced me, it really showed me that I think if you're open with your kids and, and you keep a level of honesty and accountability with your kids, it's going to pay off a lot more in the long run. And even now with Brianna, um, a lot of times, you know, like I keep it real with her. I let her know when, when I'm not having a good day. I let her know when, when I when I'm having issues, I let yeah. her know when I'm down, you know, like energy wise and stuff like that. Yeah, you're more transparent with her. I'm very transparent with her. And in return, she's very transparent with me. Yeah. So it really made us create a, a great bond, a great like open communication. I got that really from seeing it with my parents. So the cool thing is that since my dad used to work a lot and my mom used to work and go to school, I grew up really being raised by my grandmother and my grandfather from my mom's side. Okay. And my grandfather was, he was really fun too. He would teach me a lot of things, you know, like my grandfather grew up as one of 15 siblings. And he grew up in this part of Puerto Rico called Lares, which is like the countryside of Puerto Rico. And he showed me how to make racing cars out of cans of soup, how to, you know, how to make a, a bunny out of a handkerchief, like different, just, yeah, yeah. you know, because they had to come up with things. But I also say that to say that my grandfather was the authoritative person in my life. The my authority figure. Yeah, my yeah. grandpa was the one. My dad was fun. My grandpa and my grandma were the ones that were like, they were the ones that would distribute the... <laughs> the discipline, the but lay yeah, the, the law down. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And my dad, oh, no, my dad used to teach me how to cook too, you know? So, like, I, I really had... I can say that my dad, as, while I was young, while I was small, before I, before I t went into my teenage years, my dad was extremely, extremely involved and very present, at least for what I remember as a child. I can't tell you what, what was really going yeah. down at that time or how it looked like from my mom's perspective. But I can't tell you that as a kid, for me growing up, he was he was really dope. He you mentioned dope. earlier that kids with absentee fathers are more likely to become absentee fathers. Yes. And I feel like for me, it was the opposite, right? Yeah. So I know how difficult it's been for me to to reconcile my quote unquote manhood, right? Or or mm -hmm. what does it look like to be a man or or yeah. how 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 to be a man, right? It's been a long journey for me to reconcile that without having my father to walk me through that, to show me what it's like to be a man. It's hard to explain because my mom did a great job of showing me how to be a gentleman. My mom yes. did a great job of showing me how to love people and how to have grace for people. She showed me from the perspective of a woman. Yeah. Not from the perspective of a man, you know, and, yeah. and the different type of jungle that we live in. There's a, a lot of ways that I relate to people that come from a feminine perspective yes. because I learned it from being raised by women. And yeah. right, a lot of times that doesn't work when relating to men. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't it doesn't work the same. Right. It It is true. I mean, me too. I grew up like most of the time I was spending time with my grandma 
and then my mom or like my grandma and my aunts, you know? So mm. I also grew up from that too. But what I realized, at least with me growing up, was that most of the men in my life, you know, like, I guess it's just the tradition thing. Like when I used to hang out with my grandpa from my mom's side, it was either I was either helping him in the lawn, you know, like, you mm-hmm. know, mowing the lawn or my grandfather from my mom's side, he collects um he has like a huge collection of orchids. Yeah. So I found that to be really cool. My grandpa used to take me to the garden shop. We will come back. He'll teach me how to plant, how to do the soil and all that stuff. He'll teach me how to do grass, cut the grass, or we'll go and, you know, betting on horses and stuff like that. That's what we would do. Yeah. And then from my dad's side, he used to take me, he used to work at a hardware store. So he used to take me to work. So like yeah. all the time, like the men in my life were taking me to work. And then the women were teaching me like yeah. how to be at home. Yeah, so him not being there, what it did was it, it showed me how important it is for me to be there. Yes. Right? It showed me how important it is for me to show almost how important it is for me to love Michelle because I know that that's how my son is going to learn to love a woman. Absolutely. By watching me. You know, I know that, that the behavior that I model, the habits I create today mm-hmm. are are going to directly impact him scripture says yeah. the sins of the father you know the 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 son pays for the sins of the father absolutely you know and and that's that i i can't imagine a truer statement than that but it's not in the sense of of what we're thinking it's like i'm not gonna go to jail for what my dad did yeah. but what it's talking about is like the mistakes that we make as parents and as fathers mm-hmm. our children are gonna grow up under that shade under the the reality of those mistakes yeah you know, and one of the biggest things that becoming a father has taught me mm-hmm. is how if we are not behaving in the way we want the world to be, what we want the world to look like, we have to model that. Yeah, we have to model that because the world is watching. The world is watching the way you behave. When you walk by a piece of garbage and you don't pick it up, the world is watching and someone is mm-hmm. taking cues from you. And having a child yeah. taught me that on on a on a massive level. Absolutely. Because man. they're listening to everything, they're watching everything that you do, and the moment you say a curse word, they learn that curse word. The moment you you get frustrated and you start to complain about something, they're picking up on that behavior. Oh yeah. And that's that's the the impact that you're having. Yeah. On your children. But th- that showed me that on a global level. I think I might have said this in a previous episode, but I know I, I read a quote once that says the way that you speak to your child, that's going to be their inner voice. Oh, wow. So the way that we speak to our the way child we speak to our children is their inner voice. So if you're always yelling at your kids, putting them down, being negative, that's probably that's the first time. That's how they're the gonna talk to gonna themselves. To mind, yeah. That's how they're gonna. And I was like, wow! Like being a father has taught me how to become a better communicator. For the simple fact that when my daughter was born, there wasn't a lot of things like we really couldn't communicate. She didn't, you know, she didn't, wasn't born talking, and um, it was very hard to to speak to her. And sometimes, like I want to say a joke to her, or say something that's like sarcastic, but I know that. She was young, so what I learned to do was learn how to, you know, make more eye contact with her. And having kids, I can say, has made me so much more accountable, obviously. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, you know, you, you got to go hard for them. But <clears throat> there's been so many times 
And I'm, I'm, I mean, we're keeping it real. It's the it's the podcast, so whatever whatever happens from here, <laughs> it's okay, whatever. But um, we'll bear was, fruit. These yeah. are seeds we're sending your way. No, nah, there's just been so many times that I just felt like I wasn't doing what I thought I was gonna do, and I was so down on myself. But it was my kids that turned me around. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, yeah. like you see them smile. Like they don't know. They don't know. They don't know what's, yeah, what's happening know. in the background. Yeah, they don't know what you're going through. They don't know how you're feeling. They just see you that way. So when you see that, you're like, yo, that's what's up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, my kids see me that way. So when my daughter was born at first, it was like a lot of stress, a lot of bills and stuff like that. So just having her close to me. And what I used to do was <laughs> I used to tell my wife, hey, let me take her so I could put her to sleep. I would lay her on my, on my chest and I'll be rocking her. And I'll be venting to her. Like, yeah, I just sometimes I don't feel like I'm doing, you know, and I'll be yeah. at work and, and my boss don't be listening to me. Like, I will vent to her. So it made me feel good. And then when when my son was born, at that moment, I was already going through, like, a change in my life, like an issue. I was going into a new company, like a new a new job. And, and, and just overall, I wasn't feeling like myself. Like, I had a moment that really, like, dragged me out of everything. I wasn't creating music. I was just in, like, a really dark place. Mm. And he knew it. Like, he kind of saw that I was that I was sad. And then when he would normally gravitate to mom, he was gravitating to me, like, wow. the whole time. And he'll come to me, and the first thing he'll do is, he like, he'll smile, smile at me. So I was like, yo, like, he knows. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? So, like, I can't, I can't be like this. I got to, like, I got to pick yeah. it up. They really are motivating factors. And to the point now that my daughter, even when she hears me say something bad or a curse word or if I get upset, she'll remind me. She's like, hey, no, nah, we don't do that. Yeah. You know, hey. It's, it's, it's overwhelming, to be yeah. honest with you. And, and Teddy, I feel that 100% because yeah, there's so many times I never feel like I'm doing it right or doing enough. Because it's very easy for me for, to look back and be like, well, I'm, I'm doing better than, than my pops. You know what I'm saying? I'm more present yeah. than my pops. But ironically enough, that's not the sensation that I ever get. The sensation yeah. is always, I, I should be doing more. I can be doing more. And the pressure is making me rise to the occasion, though. It's like what you said, like just yeah. looking in their eyes, seeing that they love you, seeing that they, that they admire you, and knowing that, understanding what really matters yeah. when it comes down to our kids, understanding that, no, we're not going to be perfect, but it's the effort that counts. It's the thought that counts. Yeah. And for me... That has been the comforting thing is knowing that I want to be better every single day. And every single day, you know how they say you only live once, YOLO? Yeah. I, I'm going to call that card yeah. and say that that's totally not true. Absolutely. Because my son is my second life. Oh, I see what you mean. My yeah. son is my next life. My son is building off of everything that I am and everything that, that I've gone through, who I am. Yeah. is only is perfected in him he's my legacy our, our sons are our legacy they they're gonna be the culmination of everything we ever were yeah and then some yeah. so i feel like i live on through him my whatever i am lives on through him that's been that's been the harder not harder thing for me since i guess since i was since i was younger i was always like an only child i was usually like center of attention I always grew up wanting to be the center of attention or be like, oh, I want this. Like, I want it to be about me. And 
And as I got older, I realized I was like, a, I, I guess I went, I overdid it. It was way too much. And I've been on a point lately that I just don't want, I don't want any praise for me. I don't want, I don't want any of that. Like I want to kind of just be in the background and let it work. Yeah. So seeing my kids balling out in their own way, yeah. to me, that's like perfect. That's enough. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But then I remember that growing up, a lot of the things that my dad was doing with me, a lot of things that he was pushing me and my brother to do were things that he didn't really get to finish doing in his life. So he picked us almost as a way, not picked us, sorry, but it just so happened to be that I was very talented in a musical area, which it was a thing that he wanted to do, but I guess it didn't really work out for him. And my brother was very talented in, in baseball. So that was another one of his mm -hmm, dreams. Mm -hmm. So he really pushed us to do that. Yeah, yeah. And luckily for me, I ended up loving music and I'm doing my thing with it still to this day. But my brother, even though he did like baseball, once he got old enough to make that decision, like he went to college and after that first year in college, he was like, nah, dog. <laughs> you this know? is not what I want. And even though he loved baseball, he was very good at it. Most of it, most of the time he played it because my Your dad, dad wanted yeah. him to. And it, that would mean that would make. Like, baseball games, my dad would be present for his baseball games. Like, the same way that my dad didn't miss any of my talent shows or anything like that, my dad didn't miss any of my brother's games, tournaments, any of that stuff. I didn't want to put that pressure on my kids. Yeah, I didn't yeah, want to yeah. make... Like, I didn't want Brianna to be a singer or a poet or D'Angelo, too. You get me? Yeah, you want them to be whatever they... I really just wanted them to just figure out what they want to do. But, you know, when I get to church and I'm setting up the microphones... And I'm pulling out the sheet music and setting up the waters, you know, like Brianna's helping with that. But then when it's time to sound check, she doesn't get down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She wants her microphone. She wants to learn mm -hmm. what song. Dad, what songs are you learning this week? What's the devotional for this week? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like she wants to do it. Like I hear D'Angelo picking up on 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 song lyrics. Like my kids will hear song lyrics like two or three times and they already caught. You know, mm. the cadence, the rhythm. The I mean, rhythm. the best thing we can do so as I'm parents. Like, maybe they could do it, too. Like, I've even gotten comfortable to the point that, like, not that I don't want to create music anymore. I'm still going to create it. But that dream of me being an artist and being, you know, mm -hmm. like, I'm comfortable with. Passing it down to them. Yeah. Like, if they want to. Maybe I maybe I needed to learn all of this and get For so them. good so I could put it in them. You know, yeah. so, like, if at five years old, Brianna can already understand what I'm doing, then, hey, look, man, you know, by the time she's 15, 20, 30, she could probably go further. But if she wants to, I still don't want to, like, push it hard on her. I want her to, mm. to, like, really figure it out. That's the only thing I would say I would do a little bit different from, like, my dad or, like, my parents. Like, you know how parents are, oh, you got to be a lawyer, mm. you got to be a doctor. You do what makes you happy. Yeah. I think the best thing we can do as parents is is create a safe environment for our children to become what they want to become. But just as important, and if not even more important, it's to be ourselves mm -hmm. and to never stop doing the things that we love, to never stop being the people we were created to be. Why? Because it's like you said, they're watching you do everything that you yeah, do man. and they're they're picking they're up really on are. it. They're not they're not going to they're not going to want to do anything uh, different because 
they see how happy that makes you. They see how, mm-hmm. you know, where your heart is from that. And then they have a decision to make. Yes, I like that. I want to do that. Or no, I don't like that. I want to do something different, but I'm going to yeah. do it with the same passion and fervor that my father did what he did. Yeah, if man. we don't continue to live our life and continue to do the things that we know that we need to do, we're not giving them a good example. It's like what I, what I always tell people is that my son came into my life, not the other way around. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So so it's my responsibility to continue to live my life and yeah. build a life that he can be proud of. Yeah. Be someone that my son and my daughter can be proud of. Be someone that they can look up to and be like, wow, my dad did everything he did with the fullness mm-hmm. of his heart, with passion, with purpose, and be people that live that way. Because that translates to the whole world. That's what legacy is, is mm-hmm. how are you, what are you leaving behind when you're gone? And it's, it's our children. But for those of us that don't have, for those that don't have children, it's your friends. Yeah. Your nieces and nephews. The people that, the people you, you touch. Mm-hmm. You know, the people you, yeah, yeah, exactly. Those are the people that end up getting. Because that's true. Like a lot of things growing up, like people knew my, my. With my grandparents, people know like, hey man, your grandpa, you know, he's a hard worker, man. Hey, there's yeah. no way. And you know, with, with my dad too, like my dad, he was he always. He, that is one thing I will say about my dad was he always wanted to be like the best in whatever he was doing. So if he was a server, he wanted to be the best server. When he was a, um, he used to be a vendor for Purina. Mm-hmm. Man, this man used to rack up shelves in, in supermarkets and stuff. Like every time there had there be like any. Weekend trips for the quarter. My dad was always like winning them. My dad's yeah. like, hey, come on, let's go. We're going to Hayuya. Hey, come on, we're going to, you know, we're going to different parts of Puerto Rico, different beaches. Let's go. Like, I want a trip. My dad was always doing that. But he would take me with him, you know, to work sometimes. And people were like, yo, man, your dad is the man, bro. And I, now that I think of it, I don't know if my dad was telling them to say that <laughs> or not. But that was one cool thing that I remember. So, like, mm-hmm. even now, like, when I take Brianna to work with me, you know, I don't see the whole, like, oh, your dad is the man kind of thing. But, um, you know, they're like, oh, oh, yeah. She'll start talking. They're like, oh, that's definitely, that's definitely your daughter. Oh, man, she's yeah. so bright. I can tell. They tell me, like, hey, man, she's, you know, she's a good kid. Yeah. You're doing a good job with yeah, her. Yeah, that makes me proud, so too. when I take her to work and people are like, oh, man, you're, you know, you're Teddy's daughter. Oh, man, I, I love your dad. Your dad is so cool. It makes her feel good. So, like, she yeah. likes going to work because of that. So, I, I like, I like to see that, but. Um, I've even had my dad just told me recently on a, on a conversation. He was like, "Hey man, like you're doing like way better than I was doing as yeah. a father." Like funny enough, I had my first child at the same time, like at the same oh, age. Oh, he did same age. My dad had me. Yeah, and I don't like to be too hard on on the fathers from back in the day because it was also a different time. Very different. A very, very different. different time. Like men weren't allowed to be as vulnerable as we are these yeah. days. You know, there was a lot of unnecessary pressure put on men. The same way there was a lot of unnecessary pressure put on, on women. women. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. in in no way am I saying that we've had it as hard, as rough as. Women have had it by men. And then earlier when I said that a woman can't raise a man, I I don't mean that in a sexist way or mean that in a way that a woman... I'm a product of a a household of women. My mom and my two sisters raised me, right? And, and, And they did an amazing job. I'm super proud and honored to be a product of a, of a household of women. Yeah. But what I was hinting at was the impact that 
not having father figures has on a growing man, on a, on, a, on a child, on society. One of the tools used during slavery, during mm-hmm. slave times, one of the tools that slave owners and slave traders did was separating the fathers from the men and, and, and removing them and then mating the, the weaker males with the women. So the men that didn't have fathers... Those are the ones that they that they allowed to have children and then they would remove the father. So creating generations of fatherless children, Wow! creating generations of fatherless men. Why? Because they knew that the the men, the father not being there was going to weaken the man. That sounds right? like systemic. Yes, yeah, su- super systemic. So. Yeah. It's the saddest things, the things that have happened in this country. But yeah, the, but considering that that that's been happening and knowing that exactly, exactly, our parents were products of that. It's the same thing with gangs. The reason gangs are popular is because there's no fathers in the home. Kids are looking for places to belong. Kids are looking for male figures to to tell them how to act, tell them how to be, to yeah, look man. out for them. You yeah. know what I mean? And and a lot of times in New York City, the drug dealers on the corners are the role models. Are the ones that are that are giving these kids pocket money to go eat French fries, to yeah. go do this and go you know do that. You know what's crazy? What they'll do is they'll get 14, 15 year old kids, like teenagers, to hijack cars. Because if they get arrested, they won't do the yeah. they don't get no time or nothing. They don't really do no Yeah, they know? get charged as as minors. Yeah, and since a lot of them are first offenders, they just get sent back out. So they pay them. A little, you know, a few hundred, mm-hmm. a few thousand bucks. Go hijack the car, whatever. Bring it back to me, and then if you get caught up, man. Holy moly! And then, and 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 when you see the areas that it happens, is in areas where a lot of times, you know, children are growing up in fatherless homes. Yeah. So it's 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 very crazy. I was and it's, gonna, oh go ahead. It goes both ways. What having children does to a man that responds to the, to having children, like I've grown so much. Since I became a father. Man. Like so much. Well, I realized I was, I didn't realize I was watching my parents growing up because I was, I was, I was a child. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, yeah, yeah, you know that now. Yeah. We know that now. So like I, I let them know like, hey, I'm learning that too. Yeah, absolutely. We're all growing together. And, and when we were younger, we didn't understand that. But I think back now, like, honestly, I don't have daddy issues. Why? Because I know that he was a man just like me. Yeah. Trying to trying to make it, trying to figure it out. You know, my dad's dad was a farmer in the Dominican Republic. Great man. But I'm sure he didn't teach my dad how to deal with the things my dad had to deal with when he was yeah. in New York City. You know what I mean? The life that he was creating. He had no no point of reference. So yeah. for all intensive purposes, my dad became a man without a dad, too. Exactly. You know, so for me, I'm just trying to break the cycle i'm trying yeah. to be there for the tough questions i'm trying to be there for the decisions i'm trying to i'm trying to be there to tell him look i got this money you can go to college or you can start a business mm. i'm gonna i'm gonna do whatever i need to do to make sure that you get your your right foot forward and then with with my daughter with annie i want to show her what she deserves to be loved like mm-hmm. i want her to see me be committed to her mother yeah. and me be committed to her and be there for her yeah as a leader of my house. I want to be a better person. I want to be uh, the example. I want to I want to wake up early and exercise. Yeah. I want to create these habits which is something that me and Michelle talk about a lot. Do we want them to have the same habits that we have today? 
Do we want them to struggle with the same things we struggle with today? And the answer is no, we don't. We want them to be better than us. So that means that we need to do different. We need to be different, whether it's uh, fatherhood or just leadership in general. We need to do things differently if we want to see our kids be different. If we want our legacy to be something different, then we have to behave differently. That's true. So I was actually going to ask you, what is your favorite thing about being a dad? I'll start everything to give you some like an idea. One of my favorite things to do as a dad, like one of my favorite things ever, and I don't know if this if this was TV that did this to me or movies, but it's tucking my kids in. I'm talking about dropping them in bed, putting the sheet all the way up to their shoulder, mm-hmm. kissing their forehead. Man, that's like my favorite thing to do. Mm-hmm. I swear, like, it don't matter how bad my day was or like how upset I was at them that day because maybe they just drove me crazy. Man, I just love sneaking in there and just... Putting the sheets over and just giving that tiny little kid. That's like, that's my favorite. I, that's probably so crazy to say. That's my favorite thing about. I can't. I can't pick one, but I can pick two. Go for the, it. The my two favorite things about being a father, <clears throat> it, or my f- favorite things yeah. to do is one, sleeping with them in my bed. Nah, bro. No. I I'm love over that, it. Bro. I love it. I love it. Em is turning four. And I still can't get enough of it. Annie, it's I my favorite thing to it. nap. Like <laughs> I cannot stand it. It's my favorite, my favorite. And they and <laughs> my parents, are, my my family's always like, why? Then they're not gonna wanna. Then they're never gonna Word. wanna leave your bed. They're gonna always wanna sleep with you. Word. And the truth is, that's not true. There's gonna come a time where they don't even wanna be in the same room as me. Yeah. And man. I wanna soak that in, soak every second of that in. Like I want to be at every function i want to be and when i want them to sleep in my bed until they decide that they don't want to sleep in my bed anymore I'll, I'll lose the sleep if i gotta lose the sleep <laughs> the other thing is i love every time i see the wonder in their eyes when i teach them something mm. the way they look at me for approval or or for for information yeah that moment there is my favorite that's a dope moment too yeah when they look at you like daddy is that right did i do that right or daddy, what what does that mean? Yeah, you know, it's it's one thing to hear from people like, "Oh man, you, your kids are so good. You have great kids, or whatever." Another thing is seeing it happen. Yeah. So like, uh, yesterday we were all at we were at at the barber. We went, went to the barber. She she cuts our hair and braids our hair. So like, we all right now have our we got a fresh fade. Me and DJ got a fresh fade. I got the braids. Wifey and the, and Brianna have the the, the braids too. Mm-hmm. But while we were while Brianna was getting her hair braided, the barber's daughter, she was there too. And she has like um, she has like a little cousin, a little brother. He's about the same age as as my son. So she was like, you know, telling my my daughter, like, you know, oh, he gets on my nerves. Like, I can't stand him, you know? And she was like, some and then I guess uh, I guess her dad would like joke around, would be like, Oh, you want you want me to take care of him? You want me to get rid of him? And she'd be like, Yeah, get rid of him. So she was saying that to to my daughter. She was like, oh, yeah, sometimes I want to get rid of my brother. And my daughter's like, no, no, don't get rid of your brother. You don't get rid of your brother. You love him. He loves you, too. She's like, hey, and I swear, I was, like, mind blown. She was, because she was sitting in the barber's chair, like, getting her hair braided. And she kind of, like, stood up, and she put her arms on her. She's like, hey, look, a lot of times I can't stand D'Angelo. But I love him. He's my brother. You can't be mad at him. 
you gotta love him. Yeah. And she looks at me, she goes, right, daddy? And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. you right, you right, you, you right. right. So just seeing her, like, put that in because a lot of times I was like, oh, maybe she's gonna wanna go along with whatever the kids will say, but she's like, no. Like, you know, or just seeing her hang out with some kids and she would just come back over. She's like, hey, dad, I don't like what they're talking about over there. I'm just yeah. gonna stay here. Yeah. Yo. That's what's up. Yeah, that's something that it's really amazing when you see your efforts mm. pay back. Like when you yeah. see like uh, when you're intentional about something. So the other day we're at the park and Ian is running around, running around, running around and he's playing with some friends. And then like 30 minutes in, he's like, I love you guys to the kids. Yeah. I love you girls. I love you guys. And I love you and I love you and I love you. And I was like, I turned to Michelle. I was like, do you think we say I love you too much in the house? Man, it's like you I, know what I mean. Cool. Like, do that's you, do really you think? cool. And I, and it was like, man, they really are a product of our environment, of the environment mm-hmm. that we create, the words that we use, the things we decide to do together. You know, whether we're patient or not patient. Like, one of the toughest mm-hmm. things for me is figuring out how to discipline in healthy ways. Yeah. Right. And figuring yeah. out, you know, because we're 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 let's be honest, we're we're humans so we react sometimes we act out of character sometimes Mm -hmm. and it's it's it hurts like sometimes it hurts when i feel like dang and it hasn't happened in a long time but at the beginning i used to snap sometimes oh yeah and i used to feel so bad like man even if i had the right intentions that was wrong yeah no i agree i agree I, i i try to to go you know like i try to snap less I try to talk to them and explain it, but I think when it hurts me the most is when I see them communicate like that with me. So I'm like, hey, what are you doing? You know, like, especially with DeAndre. Hey, man, what are you doing? I said I'm doing that. And yeah. I'm like, uh, yeah, I know who you got that from. Yeah, you know, exactly. You, you get it loud for me, so. No, but then also, like, when I see both of my kids do it, but uh, the most recent scenario I went to go get some food like a couple of days ago at, at one of our favorite sub shops down in Homestead called Supreme Grill. Love that spot. It was it was pretty packed. They were short staffed, and, and the girl that was there making the subs, you can tell she was kind of like having a day, you know. Mm-hmm. And my daughter tells her she's like, "Wow, I love your earrings." Hmm. And the girl stopped what she was doing. She's like, "You talking to me?" She's like, "Yeah, I love your earrings. They're so pretty." And the lady, you can tell, even though she had her mask on, you can tell she smiled. Yeah, yeah. She smiled, and, you know, she went back, and she kind of started doing her sub. And I'm like, man, I love that she does that, you know? And my son does that, too, sometimes. Like, if you got cool shoes, he'd be like, wow, cool shoes. I like your shoes. Like, and he won't care. He doesn't doesn't care who it is. Yeah, who it is, where it is. They just, they, you know, but I also do that a lot, too. You know, I walk by to say, hey, yo, that shirt's dope. You know, just keep walking. So, like, you know, and I hype them up, too. And I love that they, they hype me up, you know, hype other people up, too. I think that's that's really cool. One thing that I do want to say to, to everyone that is also listening, you know, I really, you know, obviously the purpose for us to do the podcast is for us to, to talk and share and to encourage you to talk and share. And I really hope that from these conversations that you've been hearing with us, and especially now if you're about to become a father if you've been thinking about being a father, if you haven't spoken to to your father in a while or anything like that, like I just really want you to to take a really good, strong look in the mirror and stop focusing on all the negative things that you have 
and really start focusing on all the positive things that you have and figure out how can those positive things that you have actually really impact others in your life because you probably have not realized the positive impact you have on other people yeah. because you're so hard on yourself. And I know that because I've seen that in my in my dad. I've seen yeah. it in my uncles. And I know for a fact that black and brown men a lot of times have extra pressure on them. I just finished doing um, an interview with, with somebody from the Miami Dolphins organization. He's an African-American male. And one of the things that he says is that one of the strongest lessons he learned from his parents was that because of the color of his skin, he had to work twice as hard just yeah. so he can be seen as half as good. And even though he said he took that as a motivating thing, he actually really felt like he was selling himself short. Yeah, he yeah. said low expectations because he just needed to be half as good. Yeah, when really, yeah, yeah. when really he could have been three times as good. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. be gentle on yourself, um, and then be gentle with others too, because that's definitely going to to come back for sur full circle to you. There's been so many moments now in my life where my dad has called me for a voice of reason, for a pair of ears, for yeah. advice. Sometimes my kids will even give me some advice or show me how to do things mm. in a more convenient way, you know, more practical way. Yeah. So. I called my dad the other day. I think it was on Monday or a couple of days before that. I called him, you know, just to say hello because I thought about him and, mm -hmm. you know, I don't call him often. And when I called him, we were having, we were talking and we started talking about faith. We started talking about scripture. My dad knows a lot of scripture and has a lot of faith. It reminded me of why I love scripture, of why I am the way that I yeah. am. Like not, I'm so much like him and I'm able to identify things about me that, that I love and, mm -hmm. and I see in him and things about me that I'm like, oh, that's where I get it from. I got to be careful because <laughs> yeah. if not, it's going to be this way and that's not yeah. what I want. That's the thing. Like, I'm so grateful that I get to have a relationship with my father because yeah. it opens my eyes to things about myself that that maybe I wouldn't notice. But because I have my father around, I can call him. I can see him. I see his life. It hurts when I think of people that don't have a father, when I think of people that have never met their father or never seen what their father is like, much less it's yeah. their parents in general. That actually, you know, that reminds me of a, one, of a moment when I was working with some of the youth down in um in the ghouls area there was a, a kid that i mean he's really good very bright kid very smart kid but you know he wanted to be cool too so he was getting kind of getting kind of like you know caught up and getting into fights and um purposely doing bad in school that was, that's one thing i never understood he was purposely doing bad in school for attention yeah, yeah, yeah. so his mom popped up in the after school program like yo y'all ain't finna y'all ain't finna see what's his name no more blah 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 he's doing bad in school all that so you know, I was a little shocked to hear that, you know, that he wasn't doing good at school because every time he would come to the after-school program, he would finish his homework before everybody else and then help everybody else with their homework. He just wasn't turning it in. So I pulled him to the side, and, you know, I'm always very calm, very positive, and I pulled him to the side, and I looked at him, and I said, hey, bro, what the fuck, man? Like, straight up. What are you doing? What are you doing, dog? And he was like, man, you wouldn't understand. I said, hey, man, I give a fuck about you, bro. Like, I really do. Yeah. And his eyes open wide. First off, to hear to hear me say the F word to him was like, yo, what? But as weird as it sounds, I needed him to see and understand that somebody really, really cared. Yeah. And I had yeah. to put it, like, I felt like I had to put it in his terms. And from that moment on, that kid 
really, you know, did change. And just, just because he knew that somebody cared, you yeah. know? And, and even though I was not able to go to his house every day and be there present, he knew that he had somebody that he can turn to or somebody that will point him in the direction that he yeah. needed to go. He wanted to play football. We were able to, you know, find somebody who have who did flag football mm -hmm. programs, took him under. He, they wanted to, not he wanted, but obviously the whole group that I was with, they wanted to see a Miami Dolphins game. We went to go see a Miami Dolphins game. Mm -hmm. They got picked up by a Miami Dolphins bus. They got to see the Miami Dolphins game in a suite. You know, with food, everything catered. Like, they yeah. wanted a football experience, they got a football experience. They wanted to do photography, we got somebody to come teach them photography. They wanted to learn how to cook, we brought a chef to the, to the after-school yeah. program. So even though I wasn't necessarily able to do all of the things they needed, I felt like I was at least able to show them, like, hey, you know, like, it's okay to point people in the right direction, yeah, yeah, too. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times, you know, um, I know a lot of friends that their parents are like that. Their dad, like, you know, if I call my dad and say, hey, dad, I'm going through something, he's going to show up. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Hey, dad, man, like, you know, I'm overwhelmed right now. The kids is going crazy. Dog, don't worry about it. I'm going to pull up on you right now. Yeah. Yeah, father I have, is I have friends that call their dad. Hey, dad, man, I don't know what to do right now. The kids are driving me crazy. All right, bro, I'll send you $250 so you can go get yourself a, a, a babysitter. Yeah, Boom. yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, a, a father <laughs> a father is, is a guiding force. But they force. still come through. A loving force, you yeah. know, a, a father is someone you can lean on. You grow up with a stability like there's so many statistics of what not having a father in your life does to children. A kid that grew up with both parents and a kid who grew up with a single mom. One of the main differences between them would be that the one with the single mom will probably be four times more likely to be on the on the poverty, poverty, poverty level on the poverty level. And, and imagine also like emotionally and spiritually impoverished because the example of mom and dad, the balance, the distribution of, of responsibilities, right? The interaction, the loving interactions, the relationship, the modeling of what a healthy home looks like. You know, how can we expect the next generation to raise healthy kids and have healthy homes mm -hmm. if we're not modeling it now? And, and yeah. I think we're in a key place generationally because a lot of us are recognizing how much it matters to be involved, positive, yeah. influence, influential parents. How much mm -hmm. we're realizing, wow, it affected me this way that my parents were unhealthy in X, Y, Z ways. Yeah. I want to make sure that today I'm healthy and we because deal, yeah. we can and we deal, deal with, with it. We can break yeah. those things because we have to leave behind something better than what we received. So we can't continue to make the same mistakes our fathers made, mm -hmm. whether it's with our daughters or our sons. We have to be different. We have mm -hmm. to take the good and leave the bad and add more good to it and make sure that we're being intentional about our conversations. We're being vulnerable as men. We're being fathers that are, are welcoming, you know, yes. fathers that are there to support, yeah. you know, that are there to say, yo, you can talk to me. You can mm -hmm. tell me what's up and I'm going to tell you, from my perspective, and, and we're going to figure this out together. Yeah, yeah I even have, like, uh, there, there's a good friend of mine that, like, um, I've known him for a long time growing up. I'm pretty sure, like, every time we always talk, I'm pretty sure he's of the LGBTQ mm -hmm. community. He's always been a great dude, though, always fun to hang around, Always he always look out for you. But I've noticed that recently he's been fostering a lot of young men, 
And his oldest just graduated high school. When he took the kid in, he grades was not really yeah, there. Yeah. You know, the kid was pretty rude. Was not, you know, didn't really have much manners. And now he's a well-spoken young man. He just graduated. You know, he's looking to go to college. And and I just, I looked at him and I was like, dang, like you know, what I'm saying like this guy, he was really there. Like tell him like, no, that's not how we do it. That's not how we stand up. No, this is how you shave. This is how you dress. Yeah. You know, so so a lot of times, some people may necessarily, I guess, limit who the positive male role model yeah. can be. But even like you said, you you grew up with a lot of, of women. Yeah. But it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really change the fact that you still learned how to, you know. Like, I went I feel looking like that, for I feel male like role that, models. I went yeah. looking for, I went looking for men that had qualities and behaviors that I, that I wanted and I knew that I needed, right? Like that. That's why you see those stories. Sports stories where like, you know, the poor athlete, or that the yeah. athlete that comes from a broken home, coach, you yeah. know, gets a liking to him and brings him home for dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You always have that scene, but that's very important. That's very important in people's lives. I know, I know some people also who like have found that positive role model. You know, like even in church, sometimes is you know like a pastor or a leader in a church. But yeah, that's what I was I've even heard people who have found that father figure from reading the Bible. Yeah. You know, the, the truth scripture. is we crave structure, we crave correction, we crave guidance, we crave that. And when we don't have that, our children need mm -hmm. structure and guidance. And when they don't get it, they end up confused. They end yeah. up depressed. They end up mm -hmm. searching for things that they should have gotten at home because mm -hmm. they want literally you said it. That guy took in the young man mm -hmm. and the young man straightened right up. He just needed somebody to care to see him, to just you know give a give a f like I said earlier, literally, literally. Yeah. And until until we realize the importance, again, father and mother, mm -hmm. we're just talking about fatherhood today. Because and Father's Day, yeah, it's here. Exactly, yeah. Father's Day is here, and you and I are both are both fathers, and we mm -hmm. both take it very seriously. You know, we're both proactive about it. We're both thinking about it constantly. We care. Of, about our families we want to provide we want to be there we want to be insightful and we want to we want to show them that they're a part of a larger story a part of a larger world and we want to show them how to be and how to contribute to this world because we are many but truly we are one Hood Ministries. Coming soon. To a hood near you. We love you, Gore. All praise to the most high. Best thing that ever happened to me was having kids, though. Oh, man, for sure. That's one of the best things that ever happened to me. Yeah. It saved my life. Same.